You're listening to the Retro Guardians. Okay, now what? Buckle up. you ever bought or rented a videotape that wasn't quite right? <laughs> Groovy. Little Hand says it's time to rock and roll. Bring the noise. Hasta la vista, baby. Retro Guardians. And hello, welcome to another action-packed episode of Retro Guardians. I'm Jay. And I'm Ben. And today, Ben, we are talking about a movie from what year? 1996. Yeah, yeah you're all over the uh, details like that. I have no idea. Anyway, the movie is called Executive Decision, starring... Kurt Russell. And... Steven Seagal. And... John Leguizamo. <laughs> and... Joe Morton. You can keep going, couldn't you? I could. And Halle Berry. Yes. Um, I watched this the other night. I found it on Netflix and thought... Hmm, I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Let's have a look. Have a look. And I think the last time I watched it was probably late 90s, early 2000s. In the last year I saw it. Okay. And so I put it on and I was pleasantly surprised how this movie has stood the test of time. Actually, surprisingly, it has uh, held up very well. Um the period of the 90s where technology was advancing, you didn't know if it was if, if it was too far ahead or too far behind. Mm. And yet this movie actually holds up very well. I do agree with Jay on that. Yeah. Um, and it was a good mix of action, technology. Thriller. And thriller. And just good old-fashioned kick-ass bad guy sort of fighting movie. Spam in the cam kind of movie. You're in an yeah. enclosed space with the bad guys and you know how do you beat them? So... I guess people, not all our listeners are going to know about this movie. So we'll do a bit of a plot outline. Um, starts off, um, I guess, a passenger flight. It starts off with a mission overseas uh, by a special ops trying to recover a gas uh, sort of um, DZ something yeah, it's called. Yeah, some sort of yeah. substance. And it's somewhere in Europe. I can't remember exactly where. And unfortunately, they've missed it. They arrive a little too late mm-hmm. and the uh, chemical has been offloaded. Yeah. And then it cuts to six months later and then we have the main character that Kurt Russell's playing is flying a private small plane trying to get his... Pilot license or whatever. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. And he's one of those guys like myself that... What am I forgetting? What am I forgetting? And his instructors, nothing. Just fly the plane. You're doing yeah. great. And this is a guy who it sort of still feels the need to have the training wheels on, even when the pilot, the instructor said, you, you're good enough to do this on your own. Well, he tries to take the plane up again, but gets pulled up by people he works with through, through the uh, central intelligence agencies. I don't know which one exactly he works for, but it's one of the majors. And... Um, there's been a revelation that they've captured some major sort of terrorist uh, leader and that he's been caught and sent overseas to one of the American bases and he's warning them that his second in command would do something crazy and it turns out he does. Yeah, it was Jaffa. Yes, Jaffa. Jaffa. I should say. (laughs) Yeah, so, yeah, he was working for... It was Dr. David Grant was the character's name. Yes, yes. U.S. Army Intelligence Consultant. So, yeah, so then then it sort of moves on to the passenger flight. Um, And it's it's interesting... um, I I like like tech stuff. You remember... um, 
uh, who was Dennis Kale? Who played him in the uh, movie? Oliver Platt. Yeah. Um, so Cahill was actually uh, in the movie playing a DARPA engineer. D-A-R-P-A. Now, um, Designer engineer or something like that? Something to design. I don't know, but DARPA. Um, do you remember what the internet was called back before it was the internet in the 60s? ARPA, A-R-P-A, and it um, was known as ARPANET, and it later changed to DARPA, which is the Defence Advanced Research Projects Agency. So I liked that little throwback to to the early days of the internet there. Um, So basically, he's our sort of, uh, you know, saviour. He's our technology guy who's there to defuse the bomb and all that sort of stuff. Not not quite, but um, what happens is... He gets into that. Yes, yeah, but yeah. what happens is, just to give the heads up to the audience, yeah. the terrorists take over the plane. Uh, civilian plane. Civilian yeah. plane. Yeah. Uh, 747? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's why they call in Dr. Grant, Yeah. because he's a specialist on um, these... The DZ-5, yeah, which and also put onto the plane. Yeah, because they want to land and refuel, drop passengers and go, and he does. he yes. tells them not to do it. And he says, are you saying that DZ-5 is on board? Yes, sir. And Altar in Arabic means revenge. That's yeah. a little, another little tidbit as he's telling the thing. But he explains that this stuff's so dangerous that he takes just a pen or a, I think a spoon or something, mm. just dips it in his water. Yeah, took a little drop. Yeah, one drop. He says that <laughs> if that was DZ, it would kill the whole room. Yeah. And and then, then we sort of fast forward to, you know, the operation, which yeah. was Hail Mary, the yeah, name of the that's, operation. that's correct. And it was about getting these engineers and special ops agents onto the plane to overthrow the bad guys. Now, at the time, it was unheard of to think you could do a mid-air yeah. trans, yeah. Um, transition between yeah. planes. That yeah. was a whole new thing then. Mm. Um, I don't even know if they can do it properly now. They're no. Pro- no, but at the time, it was that little bit of sci-fi sort of element. That... And it was like a stealth. Yeah, it was a stealth Yeah, plot. which didn't show up on their radar and stuff. No. Um, and I liked how it sort of flew under the radar, metaphorically speaking, and then had like a shaft that would extend and dock onto pr- the... And yeah. pressurise. It had to pr- pressurise the, the, yeah. the tunnel. Also, to do what they had to do, they had to put a clip on... Yeah, like a sensor. Yeah, that when they yeah. opened the door. So, so it wouldn't set off the alarm I, in the cabin. I remember but, that yeah. part, yeah. So they've docked and the special ops crack crew have um, boarded the Slowly the boarding plane. the plane. But one little tidbit we have to go into. Yeah. The leader of the special ops team is Steven Seagal. Mm. Now, Seagal and Grant a.k.a. Kurt Russell, don't exactly get along. No. And they have a little talk just before they, they get on it. And yeah. it says, you're the one that sent me on the crackpot chase. Mm. And he goes, ZZ mm. was their commander. It was just, or colonel. Mm. And it, you were just late. And he says, and if you didn't believe me, why you're on here, on this flight with me? He goes, just in case you are right. Mm. And Seagal's role in this movie was very short. Yeah, but it was promoted with him. But if you read the credits, mm. he's not really in the major credits. No, he was only in the movie for a very short time. And one of my aunts actually only said she watched the movie because he was in it. And then when the moment will mm. get to happen, she's like, didn't see that coming. No. Look, I, I was a bit disappointed that Seagal didn't play a bigger role in the movie, to at be honest. At the time, he was hot. He was hot yeah. at that point. Yes. I think it would have been... It would have made... 
I think he should have been one of the operatives on the plane alongside Russell. But I also think they were trying to surprise us, and they did yeah, I with know. what happened. But or, this is Seagull we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, this was the follow-up movie to Under Siege yeah, 2, which made needed a bit of money. on it. Yeah, but also, Kurt was having a bit of a... A, a, a resurgence. Yeah, big time at that time. Yeah. And I think just before this... He had done um, Stargate just before yeah. it, and I think that made it. That was made for a little bit of money, but it made a lot of money at the time. So mm. he was getting a bit of a pop at that point. Mm. So I do know for a fact, Kurt asked for several actors to be in this movie, including um, Seagal's boss was played by the late Charlie Hallahan, who was in The Thing with Kurt, and I believe one of the other officers was Kurt's early brother-in-law to his first wife. Okay. I can't think of his name off the top of my head either. But he was in the film, and I think it was because of Kurt. I think a lot of those actors were in that because of Kurt. Mm. Now, it was the directorial debut of Stuart Bear. Stuart had been an editor since the 70s and worked on a lot of films of Richard Donner's, including The Omen, uh, the uh, first Superman, and definitely the Lethal Weapons movies and the sequels. And this was his directorial debut. It was produced by Joel Silver, who I who had been produced on the said Lethal Weapon film earlier. So they gave him a shot, and I think it worked very well to his strengths. This is a guy that knows how to cut action sequences as an editor, and I believe he was the editor on his own movie. So he really knew what he was doing. And most of it is set-based. Um, it, it plays the whole... Um, they're on the plane with them at the same time, and it's all claustrophobia. You've got to be quiet, or they'll know they're yeah. there kind of routine. Now, the bomb expert, played by Joe Morton, who was in Terminator 2 and Speed, mm-hmm. and Joe plays their bomb expert. Unfortunately, during the transfer, he yeah. does a, a vertebrae, I suppose, yeah, is the best way to put vert- it? vertebral fracture. Yes. Yeah. And he can't do it physically. Now, Cahill He's was... immobilized in a spine board and strapped yeah. down. So yeah. Cahill, a.k.a. Robert Oval Platt... They have to use him because he he can put computers to together, and he says, as Kurt says, if he can do that, he can pull one a bit thanks to Cappy's help. Yeah. So the whole suspense of the bomb scenes were really well done with both of these two guys. Mm. There's this. He says, we're just doing a basic such and such transfer or something. Just ignore the rest, and he's like, just ignore the rest, right? So there was that little bit of this is an amateur working with this with an explosive. Yeah. But it is proven that Kurt was right. The bomber's on there, and he says there's enough here that could destroy half the eastern seaboard of America. Mm. So they play the suspense card really well. They play the, the there's a time limit. Yep. They have to do this by, or they will be shot down. They've been yep. warned about this. Mm. But also, they don't have a radio to let Pentagon and that know they're there. Mm. So there's a whole sense of, oh, we've got to hurry up. We've got to get this done. Now, every time that you think they get to the saving grace moment, there's a couple more obstacles jump in front of them. So every time something happens, you, you, it adds to the stress. And one of them is they discover there's a sleeper actually on the plane that can control yeah, the bomb. a remote detonation device. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's a really good moment, but they can't take out the, 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 the whole plane without taking out the sleeper because the sleeper could still touch the button, press the button and blow up the bomb. Which he did eventually, but they um, got to defuse the bomb in time. Yeah, so when we first meet Cahill, he's chewing on a plastic <laughs> straw, yeah. and that actually plays into the storyline really well as a well. Big part on how it's used to stop the bomb. Yeah. Um, the other really interesting part about the movie was the Jafar, who is the bad guy, and he's two I see on the plane. The, the he kept... Altar or Jafar? 
Well, which was he? Jafar was the main bad guy yeah, yeah. played by uh, Andreas. I can't say oh, his okay. last name. He's... Who was the guy that was captured by the government and he was... Yeah, that was him. Yeah, 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 yeah that one. But that Altar, one. which is his second in charge, who's in charge of the bomb. Yeah, yeah. It was played by David Suchet. David's very famous now for playing Hercule Provo... Pro... Uh, it's one of the um, on BBC at the moment, one of the detective ones, and he was really good in this. He plays a really good bad guy. Yeah. And so I, where I was going with that was, he actually kept a lot of the plan from his own crew. So they didn't know it was what his suicide next steps mission. were. No, 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 they didn't know about the bomb. They no. didn't know what was going to happen. Um, so that was really interesting. And also, if you notice on Netflix, the subtitles don't match the spoken text in some parts. They've taken out. References to you know certain religions and Middle uh, Eastern ones. Middle yeah, Eastern, did, yeah. Did, did, Obviously, they don't want to offend, no, so no. they've changed the actual spoken word, but they've left the subtitles in its original form. So I, I was actually noticed that, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> um, so this was yeah. one of the first big films of Halle Berry's. Halle yeah. had done a few films before this, but this was like one of the bigger, bigger films that she mm. did, and it was produced by, like I said, Joel Silver, and Joel used to later on Swordfish. Yeah. But and she'd also been in Last Boy Scout, which Joel had produced as well. Mm-hmm. Um, late J, great J.T. Walsh was in it. He plays a senator that's on the plane at the same time. Um, they had a lot of great character actors that are in the background, even as some of the terrorists in that. I believe one of the main guys from the first Iron Man movie plays one of the bad guys. So yeah, I mean it, it's all set. Most of the film is set based, and they use the the interior of the plane really well for that. Yeah. So. Um, John Leguizamo, I actually bumped into him when I went to the New York Comic Con a couple of years ago. My phone had gone dead, but I bumped into him on an escalator and we had a talk the whole ride up the escalator. Oh, okay. And I mentioned this film to John. I mentioned this, The Wicks, Super Mario Brothers, a few other things too. And he was just delightful, upbeat guy, delightful. What year did you meet John? Oh, 2017. Okay. And it was, and like I said, the phone had gone dead, so I couldn't take a photo. Damn. And he'd asked, I got, I got no power. He goes, yeah, so we just had a talk the whole way up and he was lovely. He's a guy that just walks around the con on his own. He doesn't have security or anything. He just does his own thing and that's it. And just like a very, both feet planted on the ground kind of guy, down to earth, very easy to talk to. And he didn't know, he said, I love Australians. had a great time when I was over there doing Moulin Rouge with Baz. And, he, and I said, yeah, that's right, you were there for that. But no, um, most of the other actors, all the guys in the, in the control room slash um, Pentagon stuff, they're all the, I think one of them, it had been in several films before that, and a couple of the other guys as well had all done stuff we'd seen them before. Mm. And they're always in the background in certain films. Like I said, Charlie Hallahan for The Thing, and um, I believe he was in later, um, the year after this, I think he was in Dante's Peak. Who? Uh-huh. Uh, he plays um, Seagal's boss, mm. and he also plays Pierce Brosnan's boss in okay. um, Dante's Peak. And he was most famous for being in The Thing with Kurt back in the early 80s. Yeah. And sadly, he died in a car accident in the early 2000s, in his early 50s. Mm. But no, this is really good suspense yarn. If you just don't think about it too much, you get drawn in whether you want to or not. It's one of those better thrillers of that period where you just get drawn in yeah. whether you want to or not. And I love that. And they, they don't make them as much as they used to anymore. I mean, it's the basic thing now. Yeah, mm. that's. And um, I think there's someone else... I think that one of the other um, on the plane, the ladies that serve you things, MJ, um, mm. the one with Hallie is Mary Louise Trainer. 
Yeah. And she was in everything. She was in the Lethal Weapons. She was in Monster Squad. She was married at the time to Robert Zemeckis, so she's in most of his movies, including Forrest Gump. Yeah. But she's, yeah, she's one of the uh, airline stewardesses. That's the what I was trying to think of. Mm. And so she was in one memorable scene on the plane with that. Right. D.B. Wong is in this film. Now, D.B. is most famous now for being... He was in the original Jurassic Park and then they brought him back for the later Jurassic World sequels. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the films I remember him of the most in that period. He plays one of the other um, special forces guys. Right. But um, no, it's full of a lot of like really great moments in that. Um, I don't know. They could have filmed that movie anywhere and it would have worked. Yeah. I mean, there's a little location work, but not much. Mm. Um, some of the scenes in the air are really well done. They did spend a lot of money on this movie, you can tell. Yeah. What was the budget, I wonder? I don't um, know, to be honest. Having a bit of a look online here. Okay, so the budget was 55 mil. Right, how much did it make? Uh, 122. That's not a flop, but that's no. uh, back in the 90s, that was still okay money. Pretty good money. Yeah. I don't know why so, you, you wouldn't complain too much about that. Yeah, but studios now, it has to make more than that to make mm. up for the, the revenue loss with DVD and that because everything's mm. streaming now. I heard Matt Damon tell a story recently that with those sort of films, <laughs> they used to know with video and DVD, they'd get another return after that. Mm. But once streaming sort of took over, they lost a big chunk of their revenue returns because of that. Yeah. So if you finance a movie now, you're, you're putting more into it and you're not sure you're going to make a lot more out of it. Mm. But that was still a major studio at the time, so it was still okay. Do you think the suspense still works with that kind of film, Joe? Definitely. Definitely. I... We haven't had a lot of movies that sort of have that same suspense factor. That, Taunts. Yeah. Like, white knuckle kind of moments. Yeah, yeah, and it's got that real, um, you know, that thriller, the twist of the plot, and just the good old-fashioned let's go and catch some bad guys type of theme. So so, so the moment in the lift it comes to mind with that. Yes. Yeah, when we yep. get a good look at the Because you, you're sort of on the edge of your seat thinking, oh, Shit, you know, are they going to get caught? What's going to happen if they get caught? Were they spotted by the bad guys? So all those little things, they really sort of keep you on edge. And there's a lot of them. They do yeah. them really well. There's a moment with a drill. Yes, that yes. That was one of the best ones. <laughs> they were drilling up through the floor and just missed his foot by about a centimetre. Yeah, they're using probes to look into the places to count all the terrorists. Yeah. And yeah. there's a really good one with the foot. It's the only one in the bottom. All the others are for the roof except mm. this one. Hmm. So I remember that one being one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. The bit I really liked is there's a scene when they've actually come to the line where the, the warning shots would start to be fired. Yep. And the um, the main guy, the Altar, kills the senator and says, if you don't give me and let me go through, we're going to kill more of these people. Yeah. And so they are being ordered to fire on the plane. Well... They quickly figure a way. They've got to be a way to, to communicate with these planes, mm. and they discover they can by the back taillights. So they do the old Morse yes. code for the taillights, which mm. works really well. And, and that's when we hear Hail Mary, Alpha One, mm. 10 minutes, and that's when the commander hears Alpha One, that's the targeted code. Yeah, 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 and that's when they know it's them and they're on the plane. It's the first time that the Pentagon guys know they're actually on the plane. Yes. So they And they just go over the mark and he says, if they need 10 minutes, we're going to give them 10 minutes. Yeah. And that's when the last real suspense moment of the whole story hits us. Yeah. And there is a couple of surprises in that. It's not... Oh, yeah. It doesn't come out the way you think it's going to no, come out. No, no. And that's well. the thing you need to do with a movie like that. You have to drop crumbs 
give us a payoff or don't give us the exact payoff we're expecting. Yes, yes. And it did really well with that. And I think it was a good performance from Kurt. I mean, Kurt's the lead really for the whole yeah, movie. Yeah. And Kurt's playing a guy who's not really used to this situation and he sort of steps up to the plate. Yeah, because he's an analyst. Like, he's not a, you know, field agent and operative, which is where I thought Seagal would have stepped in. Yeah, and that was good to yeah. sort of remove that from that. Um, I, I wondered why this movie never had any sort of... I know it was a one-off, but, like, it had potential in some way to have some sort of spin-off, didn't it? Like, maybe a bit of information on the organisation, the terrorist organisation, what they were up to, what their plans were, um, maybe what they were going to do after this plot failed. I don't know. It, I felt like it had a bit of opportunity for some um, other off sort of streams from the main storyline. Um, but, yeah, it was just a one-hit wonder. Which is a shame, really, because there were potentials for other shows to go beyond this. Yeah. So, Ben, uh, what do you give it out of 10? I give that one an 8. 8? Yeah, I, I go an 8 as well. So, Executive Decision, a 1996 Six. American action film. Well worth the watch if you haven't seen it. Um, available on Netflix, other streaming platforms as well, I'm sure. And... Um, We will leave you with the trailer for Executive Decision, and thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Farewell for now. Excuse me, sir. May I help you? Sir? In an age... Excuse me, sir. May I help you? When terrorism knows no boundaries... level of threat I have a message for the American president knows no limits I am in control of flight 343 well, sir I don't think this is about hostages what are you talking about a shipment of the nerve toxin DZ5 was hijacked are you saying nerve gas is on board yes sir I am <laughs> they plan to use the DZ5 and the airplane together to detonate here over Washington when global response is routine. London is demanding immediate action. There's a hatch on the belly of the 747 near the nose. We could dock there. I know you wrote the book on assaulting hijacked aircraft, but this is five miles above the earth. I don't think we have any other options. And advanced technology. Who's this, 007? Can accomplish miracles. What are you doing up here? Who the hell else is gonna do it, you? Opening the outer hatch. A life or death decision. I hope there's a good movie on this flight. For 400 hostages in a plane. Keep it going. Or 40 million civilians on the ground. You can forget Washington. There's enough nerve agent here to wipe out half the eastern seaboard. We'll come down to a choice between the unthinkable. The Pentagon is going to shoot us down. And the impossible. I'll reach our airspace in 85 minutes. The hatch has got to be closed down or we'll lose both planes. Order the F-14s to intercept the 747. Kurt Russell. I'm losing control of the airplane. Halle Berry, John Leguizamo. And Steven Seagal. We're not going to make it! You are! Warner Brothers invites you. We're not really going to shoot this plane down, are we? It's too late. They've already crossed the line. To fasten your seatbelts. This is directly from the president himself. Everybody down! Now you have your orders, execute them! Executive decision. Retro Guardians.